Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, everyone. Now you can get everything for your home from the Home Depot, Jasmine. You're probably thinking, what? What? Like, everything? Really? Yeah. The answer is yes. Everything. Everything from the hickory flooring to exclusive paint colors and all of the trim. Oh, and uh, also that uh, area rug, the sofa, even those new throw pillows you've been wanting. Find your style and shop more than 10,000 furniture and decor pieces online. Plus, get free and flexible delivery to your home or to the store and easy, no-hassle returns. Use the code SFA. Home Depot at checkout and get up to 10% right now. It's as simple as that. Whole home improvement from start to finish, more saving, more kinds of doing. Shop homedepot.com slash decor today. Valid on select items online only. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. If you're doing it online, make sure you use the code SFA Home Depot at checkout. That's for 10%, Jasmine. Wow. Let's get into this. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, Starving for Attention. I forgot what the name of the podcast was for a hot second. okay. You're busy. You're busy. Uh, The Blazes are here. We're here. Uh, We're in San Diego, California, um, back from another trip, which was kind of an amazing uh, couple days of celebrating Jasmine Blaze. That's right. It was my birthday. A big birthday. Yeah. A milestone year. They say. This is what they say. Um, and um, I, I think you had said it at, at the surprise party that we had for you yeah. uh, at a friend's house mm-hmm. that this is the most celebrating. This is the most I've celebrated a birthday in like 30 years. I'm pretty what, sure. what do you think? It's, it's worth it, right? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It was a really nice weekend. It was fun and we had lots of different types of celebrating going on, you know, some family events and some just you and me stuff and some stuff with friends. So it was great. Lots awesome. of amazing time. There were there was uh, Mexican food. Lots of tacos. There was really. margarita bars. Uh, you know that was, uh, it was taco somewhat heavy. of an accident. I I like taco heavy. I'm fine with that. Yes, we, which in Southern California are really anywhere, right? Yeah. I mean tacos. I mean, we've every still day. been eating the leftovers since, so it's like extended taco. This is true, but party. you call tacos as our family does the. On your birthday, you get to choose whatever you want to do. Yep. And you, what is the name of that restaurant, by the way? Is it Taco, Taco Stand? Taco Stand yeah. up in uh, Anthony. They have one downtown as well, right? Yeah. There's one in Miami too, I think. Oh, now. really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but you got to call that. And yep. then little did you know that I had already planned uh, with a couple of friends of yours that there was going to be a taco truck yeah, caterer guys. show up at a Love surprise uh, party. I want those guys just to come to like our patio, like on a Wednesday or a Tuesday, I guess that would be reasonable. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. They're down, by They're the way. They were, they were amazing. Fresh homemade tortillas at the surprise party, yeah, plus like the nice Al Pastor. Plancha, uh, yeah, and the, the spit. Spit with the... that I put up on the Instagram yeah, on great. Cinco de Mayo, which, which makes sense. Uh, another thing that we did was uh, we got to go on a quick little day trip celebrating your birthday. Yeah, a little jaunt. Uh, you know, to uh, a fancy restaurant that we'll get into in a bit. But before we do that. Right. Uh, we also capped it off. We capped the weekend birthday off with a little bit of games of Th- Game of Thrones. We did last night. I barely, I barely held on. I was really tired, but um, yeah. Okay, wow. so uh, I, who knew? I, I actually saw someone post um, on Instagram that they were like, "I don't really like sports, but I totally get sports now because of Game of Thrones because they're like so excited for every Sunday to come like to oh, watch wow. like this." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, I get that, that makes a lot of sense. It, do- it does make sense, especially because it's all been kind of like you know wars and battles and." versus oh my gosh there has to be then i'm assuming this is already in play and like a bunch of nerds could get really mad at me but fantasy game of thrones Thrones. has to exist there's got to be some office pools going around of who's going to sit on the iron throne for sure and it's like the ncaa brackets like everyone lost last week because everyone thought everyone was going to die definitely but that was a nice way to cap off the birthday sort of uh, weekend celebrations watching game of thrones and uh who knew this episode is going to be a recap of this week's episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, are we doing a Game of Thrones podcast? I think we should. Oh, gosh. Okay, we won't do that. We haven't hit that point yet. Everyone was like, just getting ready to turn off or turn up the volume. Right, one or the other. Uh, Hit us up if you want to see us cover uh, (laughs) television shows. By the way, there's like 19 Game of Thrones podcasts that exist. 
That and true crime. And I'm only listening to three of them at the moment. Don't and, tell me. And, don't tell me any of your podcast theories. I don't want to hear them. Okay. Okay. Don't let them come into my Game of Thrones. Space. You don't have to. You know. You started talk last to night. Me this You're way like telling me like some people are saying that this is, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what people are saying. I want to okay. be surprised. This is true. Okay. It does. It does help you. It, it does. Uh, influence what you're watching if you start reading like uh, potential theories, etc. I'm just saying that it ruined Westworld for me. Yeah, it, it could, and that's just a TV show. Another, and we didn't know we were going to talk about that. You also got me to watch this movie called Free Solo oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah, um, you watched it like three times. Oh, it's because I couldn't, couldn't get finish it because we yeah. were on all these short flights. Yeah. But it was it Alex Honnold? Yeah, uh, I don't know how to uh, so a, a mountain climber, basically. If you haven't seen this documentary, a couple spoilers ahead. Do they call uh, them mountain climbers? Yeah, a uh, rock climber. Mount, yeah, but okay, I guess I mean is yeah. it a rock climber? Uh, yeah, that's but, a good word. But he does yeah. it without any gear. Yeah, free climb. Uh, if you haven't seen this, uh, you should check this out. Um, but what I really love about that, and we're not going to cover this movie, <laughs> but that they get into like the people that are filming him climb this rock are influ- you know, can influence mm, his right. climb. Like they have to, to be, they have to be really intentful on their practices and what they do. Right. Right. Or else he can die. Right. And it, yeah. but it, it made me think really interesting when I was watching that, just like we're talking about Game of Thrones is like when you know that there's some theories, uh, it, it, uh, it changes the way you're viewing right. Game of Thrones. Sure. If you know that there's a conspiracy theory or a fan fiction yeah, theory, sure. but uh, it also is the case in everything, right? Like, do you think athletes would play differently if there weren't cameras? Like, it, it, does it affect the way you play the game because there are cameras on it? The answer is yes. I mean, sure. I mean, psychologically, and, you would say, yes, it matters. And I was thinking that even just with when it comes to like reality cooking, like it is true. Like one of the interesting things about like reality competition shows cooking was that there weren't really cameras watching people cook until a certain point. And then it, it and it does change the way that you cook, you move, uh, maybe the way that you're talking about what you're doing while you're doing it, if someone's mm. filming you. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not life or death when it comes to reality game show cooking. Or is it Guy Fieri's new show? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going off, off, off script. That reminds me, though, what you said about the, uh, the cameraman and free solo. Mm-hmm. About how they're, you know, they, they have to watch where they're standing and where they're going to be. And like, goodness knows if you were to leave like a coffee cup on a ledge. That would probably be pretty bad. Ooh, that would <laughs> right on on the sheer face of El Capitan, uh, definitely. Or yes, uh, and you're getting into what happened at Game of Thrones yesterday, uh, and this came out uh, early on Monday morning. This is Tuesday now, but some PA or Kit Harrington or Amelia Clark uh, or a producer or someone, someone. left a tall <laughs> Starbucks hot. cup, Some, hot. hot. Yeah. Yes, a stall, a, a tall hot Starbucks cup. On the counter. You know who broke this to me, by the way? Oh, I didn't tell you this. Who? Sally. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> I Good came job. home today from working out or doing uh, walking the dog, and Sally like broke me down on the day's events. Yeah. One of which is this big internet like moment that's happening. Oh, it's huge. So what tell so so someone left a coffee yes. cup, so a, a Starbucks cup, and it made it into the show. Yeah, so this is a spoil no spoilers here for no the spoilers. Game of Thrones episode, right. but it's 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 a scene it's in, in a the banquet great hall, hall scene, right? And uh-huh. it's it's positioned a, in between the two main characters. Talk about blowing it. Exactly. I mean, really. Although I have to say, Eugene Merman, I just saw put up a, a who's a, a friend of ours and an amazing comedian, just put up the most amazing, really response to this. There's been a lot of like cheeky memes, but he was like, until you see the finale, don't discount that it's not there for a reason. Seriously. <laughs> and Seriously. You don't though? know. Like, I did. I did have because uh, we Night King Howard Schultz. We watched the last, you know, 15 minutes of the last week's episode. And before we watch this week's episode, and again, no spoilers, we won't ruin it, but there's some like tinkly piano music, very slow, very paced um, piano music at the end of the last episode that kind of reminded me of Westworld. And I was like, this is it. They're Mm. connecting it. They're connecting the worlds. And this is just a world in Westworld. And all the, the White Walkers are like human people that are just testing out this world. First of all, you should be doing your own podcast right now. <laughs> You're the one who doesn't want to listen to fan fiction theories. I don't need to listen to that. I can make it my own. Amazing. That would be the most amazing theory. There's yeah. a world that's just like yeah, and someone just uh, left their Starbucks medieval cup dragon yeah. world somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Bernard yeah. left his cup yeah. somewhere. We're getting yeah. a heavy, heavy exactly. sort of uh, nerdville right here. The cup gets left. And then I'm thinking, you know, this is not a small production. No. This is not happy days in the 70s. This isn't even like the first Star Wars where there are 
uh, a couple of Easter eggs. Like there's a intentionally like one of the asteroids is a cookie. Have you right. heard it? Like one of them's a potato. Like you've seen, right. you've heard of these things. Yeah. Sometimes they get thrown in, yeah. um, you know, by, by intent. Right. Easter eggs by, by nature though, don't break the fourth wall. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or do you think they do? I don't uh, know. I, I mean, I, I, there's I mean, cause theories. this is obviously like anachronistic and not of the time or world <laughs> you know what i mean right. the starbucks cup yes in, in I, you Westeros. but although i also you know i am not as uh, clever as eugene merman but i said did anyone say that it's just stark bucks that's good that's, that's a good, good one that's right a good joke yeah and then also that they spell khaleesi wrong on her yeah. cup yeah that's funny i yeah. think that's pretty, pretty there's pretty, lots of pretty, memes going around that's what memes, you're saying but those are yeah. mine i mean sure, i'm sure someone else uh grabbed them uh but someone's getting fired for that Jasmine. you think yeah. Or, or I mean, the show's over, right? I mean, I mean the, they're already kind of in the can. Everybody's been paid, so maybe not. Truly, I'm just trying, like, again, this is Someone in, is going to get in trouble, right? That's what you mean? Like, someone's going to be called out for it? Definitely. Because, like, let's Internally. say there's, uh, let's say that there were, you know, somewhere between six to 12 takes of that one specific scene or that one camera angle or whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, someone moves the cup, probably. Yeah. Right. There's, it's the, not there the whole time. The, the chance that it was there on the last take and then they happened to use the last take uh, as someone who's I bet just it's been not, around a set. I want to go back and watch. I, is it in just one scene? Because that scene, I remember the scene that it's in and there's a lot of cut twos. There's a lot of yeah. like her face, his face, her face, that, their face, that group, this group. So I wonder if it's in just a bloop. Like yes. Three from seconds. what I heard, it's literally just like one little shot. Yeah. And some... Yeah. Someone missed it. The editors missed it, and it gets all the way out. And yeah. uh, Starbucks <laughs> took advantage of it this morning and put up uh, a meme. Genius! But it is. Do the you type know of, what kind of free marketing that oh, is? This is a Super Bowl ad, oh right? I mean, gosh. this is you know millions and it's millions amazing. and millions of people. Lucky ducks. Uh, and it does. It is kind of sad that that takes away. It was a really good episode, uh, but it kind of takes away some of the uh, momentum of like how great the storyline was for that. I suppose if you saw it. It would have really like popped a little bubble. I didn't see it. So. No, well, that's the thing. No, I mean, you know who saw it? Someone who's doing the podcast Nerds. On it and had to do a, a, a still screen shot of like, you know, right. a facial watched expression. It. Of, they watched it four times last night and then, you know, on and the third or fourth like, time. What is that? Yeah. Wait, that looks like, yeah. Yep. Oh, it's a, a mochaccino. Starbucks cup. It's a mochaccino. It's not a mochaccino. Um, those are cold. Oh, those. Oh, see, look at you. Yeah. Yeah, you're breaking the case already. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is Amelia Clark's Starbucks order? That's a good question. Uh, but someone could get fired for it. The yeah. attention to detail has to be there. Yeah, and they, that is leading us into what our podcast is all about today. Attention to detail mm. and the things that happen in the world of fine dining, the most elite restaurants. Part of your birthday present was also a trip to the famed French Laundry restaurant in its 25th year right now, uh, a place that I spent a little bit of time at as a young boy. Yeah. And it, had, it got us all sorts of feelings, didn't it? A young boy. I mean, you weren't like six. I was twenty something. Right. I mean, but it sounds like a. It sounds. Yeah, it sounds like romantic, baby. but like you I were was, like you know. Well, I mean, in my mind, I was a young boy like three years ago, so it, it does seem like it's really a long time ago. Um, but we had an amazing uh, experience there, and t- this episode's going to all be about fine dining and pretty much whether or not it's worth it. And I started to think about the the Starbucks situation with the cup. Like if you're working at a three Michelin star restaurant or one of the best restaurants in the world and like you're cooking a filet mignon, sometimes they get tied up with butcher's twine. Right. Yeah. And like I have seen a couple times in my life in these three star restaurants, not calling which ones uh, they were out, like sometimes a cook leaves the string on it Mm. and it it gets to the table or sometimes Mm. a a terrine is in plastic wrap Mm -hmm. and you slice it through the plastic wrap because it's easier to slice the plastic's still there and then a little bit of the plastic wrap ends up on the table oh my gosh if this happens first of all you're going to get an earful from your chef you're going to be super embarrassed by all the other cooks that are around yeah definitely but it's the type you're gonna get fired you might get fired I mean, at a certain place with, with, with a chef in the right type of mood, you could get fired. And yeah. uh, God forbid there's a Michelin inspector, you know, receiving that, which, by the way, is usually what happens, right? Mur- right. Murphy's Law. Yeah. It's the worst person yes. you could give it to. A- sure. A- yeah. Of course, 100%. It's, it's, it's uh, someone who's writing a review of the restaurant. Uh, so the Starbucks cup, I think, made a lot of sense to me. Like, mm. Mm, yeah, it's, this is, Game of Thrones is that uh, elite fine dining status. Um, and it made me think about those times. Well, and so much of it is is the environment, right? Like if you're at uh, McDonald's and there's a twist tie in your French fries or whatever, like it, it's it's a little bit easier to um, wave off and and not. I mean, I mean, there's been grosser no. things found in fast food, but you know, but but when you're a at cook's a mistake, though, right? right. When you're a at a when you're at a place food. that is at the level of the French Laundry, are you looking for things to be wrong? 
No. Well, or, well, yes. Right. That's an interesting right. thing. Like, I don't know. I'm, it's a yes, you're looking you. for things to be wrong. And the fact is that you're paying for it. And the whole experience has to be silky, to smooth, be right. uh, yeah. to be perfect. And you know what else has to be uh, pretty smooth? What? Smoothies. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a tasty it's smoothie in the, name. in the morning? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the problem is it's easy to get stuck on autopilot making the same smoothies every day. And even the best smoothies can start to get boring and predictable. So why not mix things up with a little frozen dole crafted smoothie blends? They do all the hard work for you, pairing only the most delicious fruits together into unique blends, like taking a typical banana and berry smoothie and mixing it up with mangoes and refreshing limes and kiwis. Or you could treat yourself to a sip of paradise with the strawberry watermelon blend with delicious coconut. The best part? They're born to be blended. Each bag is perfectly proportioned with fruit that's frozen to lock in all those nutrients and flavor, and every piece is already washed and cut. So all you have to do is fill up your blender with one of the single-serving bags, Add some coconut water and then blend for an exciting smoothie. Dole Crafted Smoothie Blends. Find them in your frozen aisle today. Okay, so um, back to uh, the episode today, which is going to be all about fine dining and kind of uh, we're going to frame it up against our experience uh, a couple days ago at the French Laundry. Okay. Um, I'll start by this. I'm going to go ahead. No. uh, Well, you had mentioned like you were there when you were a young boy. Yeah. Yes, a pale, chubby baby. Pale, yes. chubby baby stirring mashed potatoes on a, on a pot. Yeah, if I was lucky. If you were lucky. Most likely right. making gnocchi or annulote and killing lobsters. Yeah, and it was dozens. my first time dining there. Mm-hmm. Your, yes. It was not your first time dining there. It was my second time dining there, but when, with when a 22-year gap. When was the first time that gap, you dined there? Uh, as, a, as someone who worked there, you know, okay. as, a, as an intern years Is that included in the intern program? Or? Um, I believe that you uh, included. I'm not quite sure. Again, I was the first I intern mean, in, ever. Right. That blew my mind. You yeah, told I me know. that at the dinner. I didn't realize that. I, I, I um, struggle to feel like I impress you. Yeah, but when that I mentioned was that at dinner, you, you for some yeah, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, well, I started to think about the timeline because we started to talk about how it was its twenty fourth, twenty fifth anniversary year, and I started to think about the timeline of when you were there, and I, you know, kind of, you know, when I knew that you worked at the French Laundry, the French Laundry was already the French Laundry, right? Yes. It was already very well known, very well respected, um, but it wasn't that necessarily when you started. Yeah, right? no, it was just getting like uh, a lots of great regional recognition. Like right. I, you know, and, and one of my culinary school instructors was like, check this place out. Chef Thomas Keller is up there mm. in uh, Napa Valley, you know, in Yountville doing some cool things. But I had never heard of the chef or really the restaurant. Right. And was just lucky enough to sort of like send out a resume and get a, sure, come join us. And uh, I ended up being the first uh, intern. That's crazy. From the Culinary Institute of America to go there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so 22 years between though, I think, between, yeah, meals. Our, between meals. So no, I'm not, I'm not incredibly experienced with dining there right. because I've only had two meals there. Mm. Um, but I do know that certainly in the last couple of years, maybe even five or six, I have kind of been, uh, self-admittedly anti fine dining. Yeah. Um, none of my restaurants are ultra fine dining. Right. We have, as business people, um, worked together and sort of struggled through um, what some of the challenges are of opening up a restaurant that's progressive and or luxurious. Sure. Which is yeah. not easy. And right. a lot of that sort of, um, you know, has, has pushed colored me. Colored that? Co- colored my viewpoint on yeah. fine dining. So it was really interesting to have this meal. You were nervous. Uh, you were, or, or... Maybe that's not the right word. What was what's the word? You were you were feeling funny about going there. Yeah, well, this is something I actually was talking to um, Anthony Wells, who's our chef at Juniper and Ivy, who who goes and spends you know a couple you know, spends yeah. a lot of his money to to go around the world and go to you know three two three three star restaurants. Yeah, um, there's just something about. Did you not have any nerves? There's something about going to like a really fancy place. It, it it's mm. not. I mean, yes, because I had I, preconceptions, like in my mind, ab- about it. But um, nerves, no, maybe. Yeah. Well, for me, it's really anywhere. So, like, we mm. dined at El Bulli on right. our honeymoon. Like, we have been to Jean Georges. Like, we, you know, we've gone to some of the classic three star restaurants in the in in the states. But there's always something for me mm. that's just like a little bit unnerving about going to like a super super fancy elite restaurant. Maybe it's just because it's like. You know, I'm a cook. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Now, the French Laundry probably added to that because it's, you know, 
I, I worked there for a very little time as a very young boy, yes. which we've already established. <laughs> we've already said. <laughs> and, you know, there also comes out like, hey, you know, um, uh, I'm really nobody to this restaurant and how are they going to respond and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, yeah, lots of nerves, I would say, going into it. Yeah. Um, but there were a number of things that, I, in my mind, I think were like, this is what I might not like about fine dining. Right. A lot of those questions were answered. And then once we posted a picture of our meal, yeah. uh, a lot of these sort of questions or yeah. comments or snarky um, criticism came mm. up about not the French laundry specifically, oh, really? but fine dining. So uh, like, I want to get into it. Yeah, like what? So, um, you mean this? That you posted a picture and people were like, meh, that place. Right. So like, okay. I, let's call this the case against fine dining. Okay. Right? And then you can respond to the uh, sort of uh, arguments here, okay. right? That fine dining is, is not good because it's time consuming. What are your thoughts? Well, I, that is one thing that I had in my head um, that I was like, we're about to go and spend four hours here. Um, so that Okay, was, so you had this concern. I had that like in my head. It do. Was, it, I don't know if it was a concern, but I was like readying myself for a four hour like sit down, you know? Um, Meaning, like, you, you, we didn't eat much that day. Didn't so we eat much. Physically prepared. Physically, yeah, that way. Like, I was ready to eat by the time we got there. But no, just more like mentally preparing myself to sit. You know, that's a long time to sit for a meal. But but then we got there, and it wasn't. It was it like flu. They were. I mean, at least from my perception, the the courses were timed perfectly. Like, I never felt like there was a lull. I never felt like we waited too long for a course. I didn't feel like they also came too quickly. It was, and I think we were out what three hours. Yeah. Now this is going to, I want to make sure that this doesn't just become a (laughs) commercial for the French laundry, Uh, you know, to really just get it out of the bay. We out of the way, we had a great meal, right? Right. So it was a great experience. Not not every three star Michelin restaurant might give you this type of experience, but the time consuming part, I would agree with you. I would say this is, we're in for a four hour haul here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many courses we got. 13, 14, 15, something like that. And I think we were out the door a click over three hours. Yeah. And like you said, it, it was incredible that we, there was no gap between courses. Yeah. It was clockwork. Yeah. And like, these are the things that like, it was like kind of incredibly impressive. Like the dining room is filled. They're yeah. cooking for more people than ever because they just built on like a, yeah. an extension to their kitchen. Yeah. Uh, so if the question is, is it time consuming? Yes, right? More, more it, than your average meal at a, you know, neighborhood restaurant. <laughs> yes. Exactly, exactly. It's not fast food, um, but you, you're, you're there to be wowed. And, uh, you know, three hours to me is the threshold. Yeah, for, I agree. To be right, right I around. I agree. There. I wonder if it's something that they um, are keen to as well. I'm glad you brought that up because the answer is, and this is what I, I, I generally took from the whole experience, yes. Yeah. Meaning like, like most businesses, there's no doubt um, that they have looked at like all the things we're about to talk about mm-hmm. and have sort of also Tweaked and answered these questions sure. internally with their management team and as chefs, et cetera, right. yeah. which was also the, the impressive part. Yeah. That, like, um, yeah, a matter of fact, at one point talking about the time consuming part, one of the managers or Psalms, I forget who it was, was mentioning that the desserts used to sort of come uh, in the same right. progression yeah. where it was like four, five, six mm-hmm. desserts. Now it's like two rounds of desserts. Right. With like multi-course almost within the, the course itself. Right. Yeah. So you're delivering True. the same amount of food, right. you're delivering the same amount of quality, but they they cut the time in half basically. Right. Because there is that part, especially with desserts, right? Yeah. I, I love... Bring it all. <laughs> with the tasting menu though, I love that it's like, you know, it's the pastries. Yeah, time. that's their, their time to do so it. So it's too. like they're gonna get three. But four, dessert five is one courses. of those things that I think you can bring a lot to the table, and it's like exciting and great. <laughs> like I don't mind having two or three different desserts in and front of me. That's amazing. Exactly. And that's how a lot of people order dessert, anyways, at restaurants. This is right? true. Let's all order one and share. And it's not like you're getting the giant, you know, Sunday. Everyone grab a spoon. Everything's plated meticulously. I wish I had taken a bite of that cake though. What? Do, Just what so do they'd mean? have to keep it. Oh, the whole cake. Yeah. That was incredible. I know. The uh, marjolaine. Is that what it's called? Yes. We'll put a picture up of it. It's yeah, beautiful. that's what it's called. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't beat um, you know hazelnut. Yeah, good good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but time consuming. If you're making the case against it, if they if it's a three star restaurant, they've thought these things through. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be expedited. And I didn't feel like it was three hours. I, I would say no. also it felt like yeah. going to a good movie. 
Yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> Avengers Endgame <laughs> felt a lot longer. Felt a lot longer <laughs> yeah. than no, uh, our, meal our meal at the French Laundry. Yes, agreed. Uh, totally. And quite honestly, especially the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And quite honestly, it was a little bit more exciting. Yeah. I was more uh, disappointed um, with the price yeah. and time value of the Endgame as I, uh, than I was with the uh, our experience at the French Laundry. Okay, number two. So okay. time consuming, we checked that off. Got it. Number two. Uh, Jasmine, yeah. it's expensive. Now, mm. before we get into this one, uh, yeah, as you're looking up the menu to see, no, what, I'm gonna, what I got to pull my calculator out. <laughs> right, this one is a, a, a tough. Um, you know, this is a tough. Uh, by the way, I have Carl Ruiz chiming in. I asked a couple people to weigh in on fine dining versus mm-hmm. you know pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad he's getting uh, answers to me. So I'm reading his text as I'm talking right now. Great, um, uh, but. As far as expense, this is a tough one because we can't put ourselves in everyone's shoes. Right. But where were we? Were you with me? It was. I think it was on the way to Blackberry Mountain last week mm-hmm. where um, the driver or what was it? It was a, French, it was a Frenchman or, or someone who was saying that like people will <laughs> save up. where you were. People will save up all year. It might have been just a driver I had somewhere. Okay. That in France, like to go to a three Michelin star restaurant, mm-hmm. like a, a blue collar worker yeah. will save up all year and put money aside for mm-hmm. that for one that three meal. star experience or mm-hmm. those two three star experiences for a year. Like sure. people have no problem with a little fund set up for this type of mm-hmm. dining. Sure. Um, is it expensive? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. And then the value <laughs> of that kind of depends on your who own you personal. Are. Yeah. Your own personal situation. I mean, yeah, it's expensive. Um, again, though, I would say even with the time thing, I was actually expecting it to be more. I didn't really look it up. I didn't really. Um, I just asked for it because it's my birthday. Right. And so, uh, we did. So, yeah. Um, but um, I do like, though, how like we are at a point in our lives where you asked for that for your birthday, which was yeah. good. just like we're going to go blow out a tasting menu yeah. at a three Michelin star restaurant. That's that's, you know, 500 miles away from home, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad we did it. It's a total um, birthday request. It's great. I mean, like this is a bucket list item. Let's 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 put it that way. As far I as I don't want it to be, just I, to be not clear. for us. I, 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 mean, I mean, it could be for me. It was a bucket list thing. So I mean, but but if if this is something on your bucket list, it's not expensive to me. That to to me, the cost of this, if it's on your bucket list, compared to other things that you know, travel trips, the here Great Wall of China, whatever it is, like this is not as expensive as some other bucket list items could be, but. Is this it expensive? Is yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listen, especially as someone who runs restaurants that are non, like, they're, they're, I mean, of course, people celebrate birthdays at our restaurants, but they're not built to just celebrate birthdays. Right. Like, celebrate someone's birthday. Yeah. Celebrate an anniversary. Yeah, totally. Celebrate a big career milestone. Totally. Whatever it is it, it, with your friends, family, your loved ones, your significant other. Yeah. Like, I would do it because... It's a fun, it, it's a fun feeling and yeah. the experience is to me, the value is there. Of course, I, I understand if you can't afford a $300 meal, $250 meal, $500 meal, if you're doing wine, whatever it ends up being. Um, but I thought that the value was well worth it Yeah. to the point where I actually thought it was a value. That's what I left thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, I, I, be, to be clear, guys, I'm a podcast host, <laughs> so <laughs> I am, you know, I mean, uh, the podcast wasn't paying for this one. Clear, clearly, <laughs> clearly. But um, I thought that the value was there. I was a little reverse. What's reverse sticker shock? Remember you showed me that meme <laughs> yes. of the dude who was out with his girlfriend. <laughs> he looked at the check and he's just like, oh, my gosh. And you and I early in our lives, I, I think we've told this story on the podcast before, yeah. had a meal at WD50 right. uh, with Wiley Dufresne, right. Michelin starred restaurant. And I was trying to impress you. And then you brought a friend in out of I, nowhere. First of all, I asked me. you. Right, and of she course, but come. I'm like, I didn't want to be like, no, your friend can't come because I don't have the money. Well, to pay you for should it. have said that. That's what most people. And would this say. was like before I even had credit. This is why you had card. negative six hundred dollars in your bank account because, because you should have said no. You should have said no. I don't have any money. <laughs> I could not tell the girl I was trying to impress and eventually marry that I did not have the six hundred dollars for three people to go to this restaurant and eat a couple courses. Yeah, but I remember being in that bathroom downstairs, counting out like crumpled up dollar bills. And thinking like, wow, this is going to be really embarrassing. Like, I'm in the industry. I'm going to have to go ask Wiley if I could literally wash dishes. <laughs> have you told Wiley that story? I think I probably... I think you did. I, I'm pretty sure you had. had yeah. I have had to. Um, good story. But, but that as well. Even that. Yeah. Crump, ro- rolling been out crumpled too. up dollar yeah. bills in my pocket. Even that was worth it. Because now I got a story yeah. on a podcast. That's so true. is it expensive? Yes. I'll give that one, uh, like, yes. If, yes. If, if, but if, it's also a celebration. It's a bucket list thing. And, you know, it's... it's yeah. 
worth it. We, we're going to start doing more of it. That, that's <laughs> the way I'll put it there. Okay, next one is, uh, and this one is, that came up a lot on my Instagram. I put a picture, which by the way, you took, and I want to totally sidebar here. Hmm. You take beautiful pictures. Of you? No, of uh, <laughs> your life. Like your Instagram oh, page uh, is, is just filled with beautiful shots. And like you, you took a picture of me eating oysters and pearls, mm-hmm. uh, a dish I've riffed on and remixed uh, in my own Forever. restaurants for yep. like 20 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a beautiful picture. Huh. I just wanted to ask you like totally offline. Like how do you like do you have any hints on how um, to take a really good picture? Because you get really great angles and you don't try. Like you're just like a I one click. try. No, I do try. Okay. I mean, that's not it's, true. You're um, like Jeremy Fox. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It looks so beautiful. He doesn't even try. <laughs> I finesse it, like. it. Yeah, it's finesse. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think some of it, like you said, is angle and light. I mean, okay. it's kind well, of the easy things. It. But yeah. That was a really good picture. And it, I'm, I'm sitting there in front of the iconic oysters and pearls, which is a dish that is... <laughs> Um, that you dish know, very much like you that dish will uh, just be in my dreams for yes. like the rest of my life that pretty dish much. just like you around 25 years old and getting better with age <laughs> hey is it time to put the heat back into your relationship with breakfast yeah uh, well a hot breakfast sounds like too much work though doesn't it Jasmine yes well it's time to head on over to the egg aisle and pick up just crack an egg it's a hot fluffy breakfast scramble that'll have you back in hot breakfast love in less than two minutes I want to name a band, Hot Breakfast Love. All you've got to do is add a fresh egg over their hearty breakfast fixins, then stir, microwave, and reignite your love of breakfast. And something else you'll love about Just Crack an Egg is that it has no artificial flavors, Jasmine, no dyes, no preservatives, but even better is how fluffy and cheesy and delicious it is. It comes in seven different varieties, including three brand new kinds, veggie, Southwest style and protein packed scrambles, or just try one of the classics like Denver. I'm a fan of like all Denver, Denver egg right? dishes or all American. Uh, so listen, don't wait for the weekend to get a little hot. Hearty breakfast love into your AM. It's time to run with your arms wide open to the egg aisle and take breakfast back with just crack an egg. I'm gonna eat one for lunch, quite honestly. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Here's the question. Yeah. That in fine dining, the mm-hmm. portions are too small. This, is, this came up all over my Instagram page here. Uh, oh, a sigh. Yeah. Okay. Like you said, I don't want to, I'm not trying to like, I'm not getting paid to like make a commercial for French Laundry here, but like, but, at least with our experience there, yeah. I felt like it was, at, I mean, I felt, first of all, full at the end, like, a hundred percent full, but not like disgusting, <laughs> which is a, a good, you know, place for me on the spectrum. Um, I'll use that oysters and pearl dish specifically. I felt like it was a perfect portion size. Um, I finished the last bite and was kind of like, I don't really, it's so rich. I don't want any more right. of it, but I was glad I had that last bite. If that makes sense. That dish was, I, I will say this, that was, I almost, and I'm glad I didn't embarrass you. I almost asked if they could repeat that course. I can't be the only one ever in I'm sure 25 you're not. years yeah, I'm sure you're to not. ask for oysters. Like at the end, like a little dessert. It was, sidebar now into the critique, which uh, <laughs> we wouldn't, you know, uh, it was a revelation. That so it's, it's a, a warm it's, poached it's oyster in, in, in tapioca, tapioca um, with uh, pearls, like a custard basically, right? Like butter, a, a warm, just like, I mean, kind of just like, yeah, yeah, butter, tapioca. So it kind of has this custardy and tapioca then with a, pudding like, sort of texture. Huge, nice scoop of, yeah. of caviar. It wasn't a coon spoon, but it no, felt but like it. It felt like because it. Because of, and then like a beautiful, like, I had plenty to go around, uh, manicured oyster, which is not the right word for it, but like a beautifully yeah. like fabricated, fabricated oyster. Hmm. Uh, I don't know but what it was means. just like what does that mean? like cut like it wasn't a whole oh, oyster. Oh yeah, no, like it, was it was like cut, cut which I appreciate because like um, I don't want to eat a whole oyster anyways. Exactly. Like, like I appreciated the way it was cut. You're, you're not a big oyster or caviar fan, but I like, like that was that was like top, caviar top was dish. Like, yeah. yeah, stellar. And that dish was it was just a study in simplicity and beauty. Yeah. Um, and, but and back texture, to the question here and texture yeah, and butter, Te- like things like that. Soft textures too were something like I was blown away. I was talking to one of my chefs at Juniper yesterday. And like, there were a couple of things just like, you know, uh, we talked about it, how acidity 
Mm. is like, you know, I, I think like when you're a chef, especially if you're competing on a game show on TV or judging a game show on TV. And I've had this argument with Tom Colicchio, mm. by the way. And right. He was, and, and he was right. Yeah. Um, whoa, big surprise. <laughs> Tom Colicchio's right every once in a while. Um, but that like not every dish needs acidity. Not every dish needs super crunchy texture. And we fall into these sort of like tropes as a judge of saying like it needs salt, it needs acidity, it needs texture. Mm. And the case is like, and we saw this when we went to Rome, right? like a beautiful noodle with butter and cheese. Yeah. Sometimes that's it. That's Sometimes all you need. It's, it's a beautiful yeah. person in jeans and a t-shirt. So the question about portions being small. I, again, it's not a commercial. It's we had a great experience. I mean, but if you're the type of person that wants to eat a 22 ounce steak, like you're gonna, you're not going to be happy. Like <laughs> I don't. I mean, well, like if that's know, what you need, I, if that's hmm. what you need to be satisfied, right. is like a big honking piece of meat. Yes, you, you aren't going to hit that. You're not going to get that moment. You know. Now, but um, as I mean, I don't know. You're you're you have a healthier appetite than I do. I like, do. So how did you feel <laughs> at I, the end? By the way, I just like ate almost half the things in our refrigerator when you were gone because I've been doing What'd so you much. Eat? Be careful, uh, don't, don't overeat though, on that so. cardio. I know, that's yeah. a problem. Overeat. You overeat on the cardio, yeah. whatever the side-by-fitness thing. But that's a good point. The, the fact is, you and I are both healthy. Um, we played, actually, some really bad tennis really before bad. this meal. We spent about an Stinking hour bad. Uh, playing some tennis. Thank goodness um, we moved a little bit before we were We cycle, eat. we do fitness, we do yoga, like we do all of these things. Um, but we also do a lot of this so that we can eat. Like yeah. for me personally, Definitely. like I... I am into like a healthy lifestyle so that I can sit down in a hotel room usually and eat the 22 ounce ribeye steak, yeah. you know, from that hotel that's serving that, yeah. which I they mean, don't usually serve that at the Holiday Inn. So that's more of a, you didn't answer the question though. Uh, to me, yeah. perfect amount of food. Okay. Like I was not hungry at all when we left a matter, you know, a matter of fact, um, you know, you're walking out of there with mignardis, which are sweet little like chocolates and little, mm-hmm. you know, pastry things as well. Mm-hmm. I was again, surprised that I wasn't hungry that I had just, I was, and you never get to the point where you're like full and sick. Yeah. Cause I, it was Tony Bourdain also. And like uh, your mom's st- sitting right next to me. So I'm not going to get too crazy with this, but Tony Bourdain once said like the problem with fine dining is like, no one wants to eat a four hour meal because then no one's going to get laid. Right. <laughs> and like when your stomach's full, right, that. which I almost want to tell your story, Gigi, but I'm going to save it for another day. I'm going to save it for another day another of day. Uh, San Francisco in this early seventies. Uh, but there's a kind of a point there. You don't. You, you probably are in a romantic moment, or you might be with your significant other, an anniversary, sure. a birthday, and like you want to go home and do what we do, and that's like watch like Game of Thrones or Veep or uh, live, uh, live PD. PD for like four hours. You don't want to just be like, I got to unbuckle my pants and I got to fall asleep right now. Right. And this meal was a perfect amount of food. I was full. Yeah. And I was full. That's the yeah. other thing. I that's think cool. I even, I might've said to you, cause it's been 22 years. Yeah. I was like, you might want, and I was a little bit of a you larger did. boy when I, I know. worked there. I remember you said that. But the you point a is there. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I loved about it is, um, uh, Carlo Ruiz is just hitting me up. He's got lots of thoughts on fine dining. Um, the, the other thing is like, we're on these dietary sort of moments, right? Where like, you know, not, yeah. no, no cream, yeah, no yeah, flour, yeah. not a lot of sugar. It was like the wheels were off the bus. Yeah, there's lots and I of cream. Felt fine about lots it though, of because the ingredients are so good. Yeah, well, I would, I, I agree with what you said there. I mean, um, I think we had that moment in Italy too, uh, where you know, if you're eating great food, you kind of don't get that hangover that you can get from like you know eating like a half of a Carvel ice cream cake right. <laughs> or like you know eating food that is not First of all, maybe don't diss fudgy the whale. I'm not dissing it. I'm okay. just saying like you know. Um, but we certainly like doubled, triple, tripled, quadrupled our cream, sugar, um, maybe gluten, although there wasn't a lot of bread, um, intake more and, bread than and I felt thought fine. there'd be, by the way, uh, which I love. They kept dropping. I thought that was a lot it was I nice. mean, for that type of food. Serious? Yeah. Two servings of bread? <laughs> I was um, expecting a bread basket or something. <laughs> I was, I was full. I was, yeah, I was too. full and there, like, I was full. I was, by the time we got home. You know how sometimes like the last couple of courses take a minute to register and like I kind of like let it, you know, like we had all those desserts sitting at the table. So I just as we're waiting to pay the check and stuff like that, I just kind of kept like nibbling a bite of a donut here, a bite of a, you know, cappuccino semifredo. Yeah. Here. If like, you got a sweet tooth, you could also go to town. There were a couple yeah, of like so, the dessert courses was like, take all the chocolate you want. Right. Like when they brought out the box. And I did. You did. <laughs> you took five bonbons. He told me to take them all. He did. And it was your birthday. And I'm glad that you took them up on that. But, um, but I did, I mean, I, I wasn't like, I need to go home and take my pants off full, but like I was, I was full yeah. by the, the time, the, by the end of that. Right. You know. The portions are small, 
Yes. But they add up. This is a, a 10, 12, 14 course tasting menu. And the people who were like on my page were like, that's like a bite. What is this? A plate of food for ants? It Great. has to be Good at joke. least five times larger, Good which is my back. joke on Good Food Network back. a lot. Yeah. Um, Keller has a specific theory. He's talked about it a lot. Like he wants a dish to be two or three bites yeah, so that there's that. just enough to like you experience yeah. it. You get one more bite and then like you're on to the next. I thing. say that to our kids all the time, like especially when it comes to like really sweet stuff like your brain really only appreciates the first bite of something new like yeah it really only registers like this is great i love this flavor this is amazing the second bite it's already like fatigued and like and like you know you could look at that from an endorphin level or a you know um what's the word what's the word the things that you get when you eat something good the the positive feedback loop of addiction and everything else that tells you this is good okay like it it starts to wear down right so like if you ate a whole enormous like birthday cake like i did this week yeah like the third whole cake (laughs) the third or fourth you ate half of three or four cakes yes exactly (laughs) but like you know like so i get that i get the three four bite like that's all you need because honestly like if you're eating a a pound of food in a plate like you're not you're not really enjoying it as much as you did in the first bite exactly so portions are small but in totality everything comes together for 120 years s pellegrino sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its italian heritage in a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle, the one right here on our table as we're recording this podcast, the one with the red star, it's become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the tastes of nearly all cuisines. That's why I serve it in all of my restaurants and enjoy it at home with my family and friends and right here on Starving for Attention. It's these special experiences with these family and friends that matter most. You know, the crowded dinner table, a shared moment, a time to reconnect, tell stories, be thankful, laugh, and have fun. You got to plan your unforgettable meals and your most memorable moments with S. Pellegrino on the table. You'll find that moment a great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To unlock more tasteful moments and culinary tips, go to www.sanpellegrino.com slash US. That's www.sanpellegrino.com sanpellegrino.com slash us next one uh in, in our case against fine dining would be it's stuffy and pretentious thoughts jasmine okay yes i thought that we were walking into that for sure 100 mm-hmm. percent in my head i thought we were walking into a room full of white-haired people no offense Gigi, and <laughs> i felt like we That's... would be in there with a bunch of ceos and like you know stuffy people in suits and there would be no music and it would be quiet and the service would be overbearing a bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I, I had kind of in my mind prepared for that experience, knowing that it was, you know, you're there for that, the food. And, you know, the, unfortunately, the, some of the people that come with it are the, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, it was none of that. To be yeah. honest, there were now, in fairness, there were old people there. There was, a, a couple, yeah. But there was yes, a lot. but it was varied. I mean, it, honestly, like the dining room was a, uh, hundred percent varied different types of people different ages of people people celebrating different things big tables small tables all of it um the thing that i was i probably was most surprised about was the service because it was very familial it was very friendly and warm and inviting um while still keeping those sequence of service keeping that standard of service at a super high level Um, you didn't have, I mean, I kind of took the good seat, like, so I could see the whole dining room Mm -hmm. and you didn't really have that vantage point, but Uh, like, I had the seat looking at your face. I had a pretty good seat. Well, I got to see, you know, a lot of the service happening at other tables. And, and I think when you just see that, like you said, like the coordinated plate drops or the cloche removals and then these kind of things that are happening, like they're just, yeah, like it's, (laughs) but, but it's not, it wasn't stuffy. It wasn't overbearing. Now, now we are simply talking about French laundry here, though. So I don't know if we can apply all of these terms across all of fine dining. I, I don't think you can for any of these. Again, yeah. we, are, we are doing this in the framework of our meal at the French yeah. Laundry in its 25th year. I had a problem going into this meal thinking that it was going to be way too stuffy because they have a jackets required True. for gentlemen. True. Which is like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even remember maybe like, you know, in Paris, or, uh, you know, re, uh, a couple of years ago or right. a culinary school. Like a jackets required yeah, that's is intense. like a throwback to a day and age. Like right now in LA, like, I mean, if you're just in a crisp V-neck tee with some Yeezys, like that's pretty much the requirement, right? Yeah. For most restaurants. So that put me off guard. But then, uh, like, I felt good, like, yeah. dressing up a little yeah, bit nice. and throwing on a tie. And, 
you know what? The guy next to us who didn't have a jacket on looked like a schmuck. He kind of like it was <laughs> it, like it was interesting because it like uh, the the jackets required thing. Like obviously, for the most part, ladies are are, are you know than the average dude do a better job of getting dressed up. Um, but like it kind of made this sense of community in the dining room mm-hmm. work. Like you weren't mm-hmm. just standing across, like looking across the dining room like that dude's just in a t shirt and a leather jacket. Yeah, you know this person's overdressed. It kind of puts everyone in the same plain which uh, to me really really worked i was i was impressed with the fact that it wasn't stuffy and pretentious and like they weren't like talkative like again we have a little bit of history with the restaurant and like you know i mean uh, but i felt like our service was everyone's service in that room yeah i I agree everyone had definitely just perfect blend of seriousness but not pretense yes uh next one it's hard to get a reservation well Uh, the knock on fine dining hard to get a reservation well i don't know (laughs) Ness. <laughs> now, I, I mean, for the average bear, I mean, yeah, I think you probably have to like be be in it. Yeah, harder. Now, this is one that you got to plan a little bit, right? Yeah. Now, uh, in full disclosure, as an alumni, you know, um, perhaps it was easier for me to get a reservation. I'm going to say probably. Yeah. Um, and and you've helped these, other people get reservations. I have. Like once or twice. Not very many. Very rarely, though. Matter yeah. of fact, again, this is the first time in 20 years that I've, you know, uh, tried to, like, turn in that card and be yeah. like, hey, uh, I, I cut some Brunois back there yeah. one day in uh, 1996. <laughs> right. Um, but... The point is, it it also adds, I think, to the fun of it. That yeah. like, you know, if you want a reservation in July right now or August, you got to get on the yeah. on the on, get computer. on the horn. Yeah, got to get on talk. You got to do whatever TikTok, whatever. Right. Oh, it's not it's talk. Do they do talk? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to make a reservation. I think mm-hmm. that adds this sort of mystique around it. Yeah. Um, but I will say yes. Is it hard to get a reservation? Sure. You can't yeah. just wake up on Friday and be and like, say, I'm I going to my Saturday. wife's birthday. <laughs> um, or maybe you can, depending on who who you are. But right. um, that one, I will say that 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 is a challenge. Yeah, it is. I mean, but, you know, they wouldn't do it that way if they had problems filling tables. This so, is, like. That's true. Like, it is something, yeah. right. Like, you're, you're, it's like, listen, I haven't <laughs> you seen You gotta Hamilton. want it. I mean, that's kind of part of it. Like, you gotta want it. I like, haven't seen Hamilton. Right. And, like, and you could uh, if you wanted to put your mind to it. You could, I probably. Could if, I, right? if, I, if, I, if I had had the money and resources or and the time. Or stand in line to, or the will call, you know, yeah. 100%. So, that, that's the point. Like, uh, and I think that's why. That actually just hit me right there. Like, it is, you're going on a show. Yeah. Like you're going to something Absolutely. that requires a little bit more time than just like, hey, I'm driving by. I see a burger sign. We're going to pull off to the, to the right. side. Um, uh, it's hard to get to. These locations are hard to get to is the next one. It kind of goes in with like the reservations are hard. Right. Um, same sort of theory here. I mean, certainly for some of these places, you know, I mean, if uh, we want to expand it, you know, El- we went to El Bulli and that one is like far reaches uh, outside of Barcelona. That was a good, you know, day trip to get there. Um, but there's something romantic about that. Right. And like, I think... Sure, the French Laundry could have been in San Francisco, but it's kind of nice where it is. It's kind of nice to drive out into the country and, you know, um, pull up to this little house with a beautiful garden. Mm. And like, I mean, I didn't mind it. Um, Obviously, for some, it it wouldn't be optimal. But again, like this is like you said, it's a show. This is like something you are planning. This is special. This is you know, something that takes effort. It is. And I think that it all adds up, right? Like, right. like, you it's, know, like well, right. you did travel to get here. You did go out of sure. your way. You did spend, you know, half a year planning for this moment. Uh, also like the pressure though adds up on the other side. Yeah. Like in the kitchen, like the right. point is, I mean, even for us, like it has to be perfect. Right. Well, you made all your guests jump you through these the Starbucks hoops. cup. Right. You <laughs> yes. on the table. Yes. You made all your, your guests jump through these hoops, right? You made them wear a jacket. You made them you know, most likely stay in a hotel somewhere in Napa or Sonoma. You made them book three, four months in advance, whatever it is. So you made them jump through all those hoops to get there and to be there and to to be a guest. Like, yeah, you, you kind of have expect a lot more at that point as a guest. And I think exactly. the kitchen returns, you know, that favor. Yeah. In this case, they, they certainly deliver. But that's the point. Like, yeah, I'm going through all this trouble. I'm spending all this money. I'm dressing up a certain way. It right. has to be perfect. That's what fine dining is all about. Uh, last one that I have on my list here is that it won't be for everyone in my group. Mm. And I'll start on this one. Yeah, okay. Because the the fact is, it's not for the most part. I'm sure they do banquets. I'm sure they do special events, mm-hmm. right? Sure. But if you noticed, I mean, again, I didn't see the whole dining room area, but there was like maybe a six top outside mm-hmm. on the patio, like they, what they called what? Their garden patio season. season. No, they had a better name for it. Uh, yeah, but, okay. yeah pat- I thought it was garden season or whatever but the fact is like a six top 
is a beast in these types of types of restaurants. Right. And like, if you're yeah. a cook and a lot of people that listen are cooks and you're like, I know tonight right now you're going to be cooking for that 20th, 20 top, which yeah. is a bear as well. Right. But like in this type of restaurant, when you got to send out six plates, and I don't know if the laundry has like a no larger than six top or mm. no larger than eight top. They might, or they might have at one point in their history. Right. And a lot of three-star restaurants will yeah, because it's just the execution of it. Right. Uh, imagine like what the pass would look like. Right. So these restaurants are in general, yeah. not laundry specific, but in general built for two tops. Right? Yeah, two, two tops, four, four yeah. tops. Right. And once you get past that, it gets really, really difficult to sort of execute. Mm. But yeah, mm. it's probably yeah. not for everyone if you're going to go yeah. there with it. I mean, you're going to have to choose I mean, your friends wisely. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to the girls, uh, our, our kids when we got home and one of them said, oh, I, I would have gone. I would I would have gone to dinner there. And I was like, First of all, only one of you would have eaten everything that was served, you know, and, and, it, and so it is it is that I mean, obviously, like taking your kids there is a little excessive. But um, yeah, it might not be for everybody. It might not. It, it might not. I don't know. Yes, but I'm going to say take a shot at it. If you've never experienced a two or three Michelin star restaurant yeah. or a four star restaurant in your town or the town next by or the state nearby or the big city close to you. Mm. Uh, Go make that moment. I was excited. I'd love to bring the kids. I think that we said that, like, or, or, or at a certain point. I think I I, I think I, I said like I could imagine taking our kids there for like when they graduate high school. Like I'm, I don't think I'm taking yes. anyone there before yes. then. But it, their, their I mean, first big a, job because it's a lot of food. Number one, like I, I don't know if they do a kids meal at the French Laundry. <laughs> um, but, Listen, they, they take care of people, so I wouldn't do. be surprised if, uh, if if somehow they've they reimagined do. a chicken nugget at some point in their meal, <laughs> as long as you want to spend the you know, 250, 300 right. bucks for the, for the chicken nugget meal, right. uh, 100%. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. Right. But I think uh, my, my final, the final assessment, our meal. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, unreal. Like, honestly, unreal. amazing. Best, um, best meal of my life, most likely. Oof. Right? Yes. Yeah. I, would, I would say. I would say. I cook I mean, for you every night, but well, uh, not every night, <laughs> but no I get you it. don't. Uh, real quick, this episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Did you know that Miller Lite was the beer that launched the light beer category? Miller Lite is the original light beer, and from the start, it has never compromised on taste. That's because it's always brewed to have more taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs. Miller Lite, hold true. Carl Ruiz, who I just spent a couple days uh, at Guy's Ranch Kitchen uh, show on Instagram Food Network. Sabor Chef. Sabor Chef. S-A-B-O-R Sabor. Chef. Sabor. Sabor Spanish. Chef. He's Cuban. Yeah. Uh, so sorry for butchering that. Sabor Chef. Carl Ruiz. A good friend of ours. And a guy who, if you follow him, is a good good chance right now that he's doing a shot of whiskey and eating a blooming onion totally. somewhere. Like he's he, like he, a lot of fast food sort of posts, which I love about him. So I asked him, you know, how he feels about fine dining. And he's saying it's food for the mind, not for the soul, which I think is an interesting connection. Cause I think it's, I, my answer would be it's for both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand what he's saying, hmm. right? Like there, there is an element of this of like, you know, if you don't, if you don't like museums, Mm-hmm. or art galleries okay you might not like fine dining right like if it just doesn't interest you at all like if the art of it doesn't interest you at would, all yeah that's that i'm sure that's true um i would imagine there's a spectrum to that as well like i w- i would um put like el Bulli and and alinea maybe at one end of that spectrum um at the at the more like mental art, exercise art, right? okay. art um practice i don't know where the french laundry mm. lays in there but i feel like it was more or was less of that it was about satiating. I mean, there, there, there was a bowl of pasta in there that was like life changing. <laughs> yeah. You stumped, you just, you just rolled right into it. I was going to, I was going to say that like the French laundry, it actually, there's, there's, there wasn't one course where you're like, well, that was pretty, but not delicious. Right. Every single course, super delicious. Yeah. And more of a study as a lot of three-star restaurants are in luxury, right? right. Which yes. gets to Carl Ruiz's next point. <laughs> who said that now fine dining, it's, he's saying it's not dead, it's just reimagined. Now fine dining lies more in the ingredients than it does in the, set, in the setting. Mm. Um, uh, we, we just talked a little bit about how the setting makes it really, really great. But the point is, he's kind of right about that, right? The, the fact is you're not going to get that caviar, right? I mean, what, we got the butter, remember, and the server was like, there's 11 cows, right? right. It was like, it's, it's like a Portlandia yes. skit, but yes, the, yes, the yes. server was like, yes. there's only 11 cows. Right. The cow who made this... Is named Diane. I actually right. think the she, I think the farmer's name is Diane. Yes, I think. <laughs> um, but like, Sorry, just, Diane. 
the ingredients right. are insane. Like the yes. farm is producing vegetables or, well, the, there's far, like, or the vegetables just came from the, the there's garden There's like outside. a dozen stories of this in Thomas Keller specifically of him, right, finding these purveyors, whether it's Maine lobster or um, give me another one. There's there's more of, of him finding these like little purveyors yeah, one of, the of first, Manny yes. olive oil, uh, you know, many times of where he's finding these this person that does something that is exemplary. Mm. And then using that product. Yeah, I'm going to set the stage. We haven't really talked about like my time at the French Laundry because this podcast isn't about me. Um, but when I, the French Laundry used to close, I think it still does for like a couple of weeks a year to sort of remodel, refresh, clean things up, whatever, get ready mm. for the new season. And I just was in California, had time to kill. And I was like, chef, where should I go work? And uh, TK, Thomas Keller, sent me to Chez Panisse, Alice mm. Water's Chez Panisse. And okay. I was shocked because Chez Panisse is a very simple restaurant. They put a peach on a plate, they drizzle some olive oil on and they say that that's, that's a dish, right? right? It's a $14 peach, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, but what that goes to show you is that like, it might've been Alice Waters and that sort of generation of chef that started talking about the farmer, mm-hmm. but that Thomas Keller and, and, and new California cuisine mm. continued that. Right? right. So you see on the French laundry, this is where this dish comes from. Right. This is the farmer here. Although All there wasn't the a lot of that. See, cause I find that to sometimes ring a little pretentious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was, that was, I think Not the, on the only time uh, on the written menu. Right. I'm no, I'm saying like, I, I'm wondering if it's, I haven't really even looked at our physical is. menu. We have a point. I don't, I don't, um, I don't think it's really on there a lot either. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just saying to you, I think the only time they mentioned it was the cow and the butter. Right. I don't think at any, and, and I imagine that there was plenty of oh yeah yeah no <laughs> oh, you're just showing me they do give you a booklet at the end <laughs> okay, right. that has all of their purveyors in it and everything they use which is awesome i don't know look at yeah, it it's because it's maybe you want information yeah maybe you want to make some grits right or maybe or you want to find out where their lamb it. comes from so right. uh and that's supporting that purveyor it's supporting that artisan right yeah, I think you're right. I think that um, they don't beat you up over the head with it where it can sound We didn't disagree on this podcast a lot. We usually disagree a lot. No. Um, I it's mean, interesting. I, I guess, you know, I mean... French Laundry just bringing people we together. We disagree with Carl Ruiz, which I was kind of uh, expecting that we would um, disagree with him a Carl little bit Ruiz more. Carl Ruiz came in sounding like a poet. He did. Listen, well, he, he the guy the guy is silky. Um, the last thing, actually, he does say, fine dining is the only cuisine you can't make better at home. True. And I think that that is the thing, right? Because you don't have the army of 25 cooks. You might not have the technology. You definitely are going to be um, at a loss trying to source some well, of these ingredients. And like in the case of the oysters and pearls dish, you haven't been making it for 25 years. Ooh, <laughs> right? right. So. Uh, and, and to just put a button on uh, our French laundry experience, you know what? So, so, uh, the whole meal was great. Yeah. Some of my favorite courses from that evening were the dishes that they've been doing for the 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, which to me, I, and I talked to some of my cooks about this when I left, is like, what's wrong with that? If yeah. you got a beautiful song, people still yeah. listen to Hotel California. Yeah. Driving over the Golden right. Gate Bridge with a drop top <laughs> like I did the first time I drove over it. Right? Didn't you just have that experience? What I were did. You, are you listening to No, now? I was on the 805 <laughs> driving over by Miramar. And all of a sudden, two like giant uh, fighter jets goes flying go flying over the eight oh five, and on the radio, the Danger Zone song comes on. I felt like I was in Top Gun. I was. I wish I could have like recorded it. That is amazing, unbelievable. Uh, I have one more thing about it though. I have not about Top Gun or the the Golden Gate Bridge, but I have one more thing about the 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 fine dining thing. Yeah, I think it's important. So I will mention it. Um, I had this moment two or three days before we went to the French laundry and I was laying up in bed and I couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, what if they serve me a bunch of like, um, shellfish and stuff that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous. I think I texted you that night and I was like, what do I do? Like, this is my, you know, my only first time going there. Maybe my only time. You never know how Mm -hmm. life turns out. And like, I would be really sad if, you know, I had a course of, oysters and then prawns and then lobster and then uni like that would make me sad because those aren't my favorite things and um you encouraged me to um tell you know or you i guess you actually told them that i was not a huge shellfish fan right i don't have an allergy it's not it's just a personal preference i don't know how all fine dining restaurants react to that but like they were very fine with it um, they confirmed with me when I got there that like I would prefer to not be like you know heavy on the shellfish, and they did that and and they um, accommodated that request and they switched out one of my courses that yours was lobster and mine was the best course of the night besides oysters 
for me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that turbo was wicked. And I think, I think a lot of times people are nervous about that too. And so I think we said that maybe that's falls in the question of, is it right for your group or not? But, um, I think it's important when you're going to a place like that, that they, they do want to make you happy. You know, yes. they do want you to leave there being thrilled and excited and, and satiated. And I'm really glad that I said something and I'm really, or you said something. Yeah. Now again, we, we made reservations in a different way, but a lot of these restaurants, this came up in the Grant Ackett's Alinea podcast. Uh, I know that, uh, we had a chef that just went to eat at Heston Blumenthal's fat duck mm. where you actually answer a survey, mm. you know, a couple weeks before you even show up that is telling you like, yeah. hey, do you have any allergies? Do you have right. any aversions? You yeah. know, what do you think about this and that? And like, that just all goes into the fact that like, yeah, you give them a little bit of information so that they can create for you that experience that's right. worth the travel, yeah. worth the suit jacket. Right. And you are going, right. You are going the in there. You are spending all that. So like, you should just be open. I think sometimes, sometimes people are nervous and i was because we're in this industry and like you know the prevalence yeah, of people's the, allergies causing trouble and the right? quote unquote allergies that people say you know like you don't want to be that that rabble rouser <laughs> but Listen, yeah but you are a rabble rouser yes. um but you did not cause any problems it was an amazing meal yes uh let's do it again uh yes. mother's day is coming up actually like this week <laughs> yeah, it's like in five days thanks for listening to starving for attention with richard blades download new episodes every tuesday on the podcast one app apple podcasts or podcast one.com hey everyone thank you so much for uh listening to starving for attention and thank you to all of our sponsors we had so many today home depot dole just crack an egg miller light and san pellegrino until next week everyone Stay hungry.